0: And with that, let's get into the show. You're listening to season one, episode 18. In this week's episode, our question of the day is how do I set up payroll? Well, congratulations. You found the perfect person as your first hire. Oh, right. Now you have to figure out how to pay them. You know, when it comes to setting up payroll for your company, there really are only two ways you can go. You can do it yourself, either using software or without software, or you can have someone do it for you, like your accountant or an outsourced service. Now, first up, I'm just going to tell you straight out. If you're thinking of doing it yourself in-house without using any special payroll software, well, my advice, is to absolutely forget it. Payroll is way too complicated to try to do it yourself. And the rules around something as simple as a pay stub, well, they'll kill you. In California, the pay stub has to show the company ID number itemized rates for each category of pay, the beginning and end dates of the pay period, the pay date, the company name and address, all taxes and other deductions have to be itemized. A notice of sick time accrual has to happen each pay period and on and on and on. You're not gonna get this right without software support at the very minimum. Now, the very first thing on your list is to register with the IRS for an employer identification number. It's also called an EIN. The EIN is used for employer taxes and other IRS related identification functions. You'll also need a state identification number. Now in California, you'd get that through the Employment Development Department or EDD. Next, you've got to get workers' compensation insurance. Now workers' comp covers injuries or illnesses related to the workplace and by law, all employers have to have workers' comp coverage. In most states, it's a standalone policy. Some states actually have a state-backed insurance offering to help first-time employers with no track record get workers' comp if they're having difficulty otherwise. Now, in California, that's called the state fund. Usually, these policies are a bit more expensive than the commercial policies, but they'll help you get started. Some policies will allow you to pay each pay period, and that really helps you avoid one or two gigantic premium payments during the year. There are two main buckets that you'll need to pay into each payroll. The employee's gross wages, that's their salary before any taxes or withholding amounts are taken, and the employer taxes. Now, this includes Social Security, Medicare, unemployment insurance, and any other state taxes. The taxes on the employee side include federal and state income tax, state disability if it applies, the employee side of Social Security and Medicare withholdings. Now, generally, you'll have to pay and report payroll taxes to the state and the feds every quarter. Now, if you use an accountant or outsource service, they'll take care of these filings for you. However, if you elect to go the do it yourself route, most software offers two options, the option of including tax services. And with that, they'll do the filing for you or not including tax services. Now with this option, the reporting and tax filings are up to you, but remember either way, You are the accountable party for the tax filings, so it's a good idea to always review them carefully, even when they're done for you. All right. That takes care of setup. Now, what about actually running the payroll? Here are some things to think about. How often are you going to run payroll? You can do weekly, biweekly, meaning every two weeks, or semi-monthly, meaning two times a month. I almost never see weekly payroll outside of special settings like restaurants. Mostly, I see bi-weekly or semi-monthly. And in California, you have to pay employees who are eligible for overtime at least two times each month. So the monthly option is completely out. Now, let me clear something up. Bi-weekly and semi-monthly, those two things are not the same thing. If you pay every two weeks, you'll pay 26 times in a year. If you pay twice a month, you'll pay 24 times in a year. Not only are the number of payrolls different, the amount you pay each time is also different. And this is where we get into the weeds a bit. If you pay someone 1 26th of their salary every two weeks, then they've been paid the correct amount. However, if you pay someone 1 24th of their salary twice a month, Well, because the months aren't all the same amount of days, you'll find that for shorter months, the person's a bit overpaid, and for longer months, they may be a bit underpaid. This may not feel like a really big deal to you, but let me tell you, paying people incorrectly is one of the top reasons for employee lawsuits. So how do you make that right? Well, the accurate way to pay on a semi-monthly basis is going to involve math. I'm sorry. You have to come up with a daily rate and then you have to pay them for the number of days in any given pay period. Now, of course, this is going to vary for the second payroll of the month. And speaking of pay periods, what the heck is a pay period? Well, the pay period is the working time you're paying for. Since it takes a bit of time to process payroll, you know, gathering time cards, pulling the data in the system, running the calculations, cutting the checks, processing the direct deposits. Well, generally there's going to be a few days break between the end of the pay period and the actual pay date. This is called payroll in arrears, and it's the most common processing method. Now, Another challenge with semi-monthly pay periods is doing the calculations when you have employees who are eligible for overtime, because in California, overtime is paid on a daily, but also a weekly rate. So, if the end of the pay period falls in the middle of a week, you have to calculate any weekly overtime and pay it retroactively on the next payroll. It's all doable, but trust me, it's not the easiest way to take on payroll processing. See, I told you. In the weeds. So, back to the decisions. Are you going to allow direct deposits? And no, you don't have to. A couple of things to keep in mind about direct deposits. One, you can't force everyone to be on direct deposit, even though you may want to. It has to be the employee's choice. And two, although it's convenient, keep in mind that with direct deposits, you generally have to fund at least two days in advance so that the banks can process the direct deposit allocations. Now, depending on your payroll load and your cash flow, keeping the funds an extra two days in your bank account may make a big difference. Processing payroll can also throw you some curveballs. The unemployment rate can change each year. So you have to be on the lookout for notices from the state on your new rate and be sure it gets updated in your payroll processing system. Also, there may be other deductions like garnishments, employee benefit premium payments, or retirement plans. These will all have to be carefully processed because each has specific tax and withholding rules associated with them. So, which method do you think might be right for you? Doing it yourself or using an outsourced service? If you found this information helpful, please leave a review and tell a friend. Thanks for spending the time. Until next week, same time, same place.